It's hard to be wise without doing you're, yes, it. Yes, you're yeah. applying knowledge. Thank you're you. You're not wise. You're not applying past experience to you know present situation. Correct. Right. You have no experience to reflect upon, so you can't be wise. You could be a dumbass. smart about it. You could be a dumbass. Assume old Jamesy has the uh, topic. The Great Dive Podcast is hosted by your buddies, James and Brando. I'm with Crazy. This I'm with crazy. <laughs> wisdom comes from experience. That is that is all there is to it. Wisdom equals experience. Hey, uh, can we uh, take a quick moment and say this show very well might be like the last the, the, show? No, this show very well may be the the biggest thing on two fins because. We just keep growing, oh yeah, and growing yeah. and growing. Good. So uh, it's just here. It is October first. We're recording. Yeah. Just ended another month of record stats came record through. Listens. Record listens again. That's a- good. Another month up. Last month was over the month before that. That month was up over the month before that. That's been a trend for us. It's good. Constantly it's a growing. Good business. Trend. So big. Uh, yeah. Big shout out and thank you to all you listeners. Mm-hmm. Out there who are helping spread the word, keep it up. Tune, tune into the Great Dive Podcast. We're different. If you're tired of the real world, tune into the Great Dive Podcast. If you're tired of the Kavanaugh <laughs> trial, <laughs> yeah. If the if uh, if you're tired if of loose coverage to the, of politics has gotten on your nerves, maybe you need to listen to the Great Dive Podcast. Yeah, we promise there'll be no politics. Tell your friends. We're, we're a no politics zone. Tell your friends. Tell your dive buddies. Tell your mom. Send us pictures of your Great Dive podcast listening parties. We've got a couple of friends and sent us some photos of uh, them all getting together on Friday night after a week of work, having a couple cocktails with uh, with, with some friends and listening to the old TGDP party. So if you're having those two. And you've got a drink every time we do what? If we had a signature. Oh, that would be a good uh, drink. Hey-o! TGDP drinking party. uh, Yeah, every time Ed McMahon would say, hey about every every time I have to bleep you out? You got a drink. Oh, gosh. There you go. That's a good one for y'all. Because you never know what you're going to get. Like on the photo We're one. Like, on uh, the photo ones, you're pretty laid back and you're not. Uh, no. You're not too swearing. I don't have any rants. Yeah. I'm not getting my I make a, all up in a bunch. I make a mention of there's a new uh, there's a new policy change in standard that came by that said that every instructor has to carry three snorkels. Oh. oh. Beep, 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 beep. Yeah, that would. Uh, yeah. You're, you're getting hammered if you're playing that game. That's all right. Yeah. So they could do that. That'd be great. But here's a here's a Halloween's coming up. Yes. I'd like to see uh, people who dress up as the Great Dive Podcast guys. <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> who are you supposed to be? I'm uh, the Great Dive Podcast guy. You didn't. You don't listen to Great. I'm Jamesy. Hey, if anybody does that, that's, I'm Jamesy. Uh, yes. I'm Brandon. <laughs> 
That would be awesome. You immediately get thrown out of any ha- Halloween party. Yeah. Well, they'd be like, who the fuck are those guys? Just point the door. Go. <laughs> just go. Well, we should uh, we should uh, do our intro, too. Hey, everybody. Yeah. It's Friday. It's Friday. It's Friday. It's Friday. It's Friday. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know if I even like that. It's Great Dive Podcast Day. Oh, yeah. Are you listening? I'm listening. You should be. You should be. Because <laughs> otherwise, well, why do you have those headphones on? <laughs> hope you're listening to something because you look ridiculous with those headphones on. Welcome back. It's your buddies, Brando and... Old Jamesy. Old Jamesy. I like old Jamesy. I ain't old Jamesy. He's a fine lad of a man. Is that a, a, a proper expression? A fine lad of a man. <laughs> He's a fine beast of a man. It sounds like it's from the old country when you talk it like that. When I talk it like that. It could be. Hey, no, let me uh, ask you a question. Yeah, hit. Is your family me. lineage from Norwich? Norwich, yes. I have a little Norwichian in me. I still like that I was right about Norwich. Am I wrong for, for liking that so much? Does that make me a bad man? No. The old the old Norwich from the UK has climbed up to, you know, in this last week, top listening city. Norwich? Yeah. Wow. So big shout out to the crew over in Norwich. Listen to my lads over in the old country. And we got a... Me mates. To me mates over in Norwich, mates. And Cuyahoga Falls, Sacramento, Clio in Detroit, Michigan. Clio. Some hometown. Really? Some new hometown crew. Have you ever been to Clio? It's quite a nice little... Some new listeners out of Saudi Arabia and... Where in Saudi? Jeddah. Saudi Jeddah. Arabia? Been there. Been there, baby. Yeah? Yeah. Katoomba, mm-hmm. Australia. Aye, mate. Aye. Fastest it's Australian for everybody. We're going to have some fastest tonight for everybody in Katoomba. <laughs> hey, um, let's get back to some Dan stuff. Some goddamn stuff? Yeah. You want to do another goddamn sure. episode? Sure. By the way, listeners... If you're not a Dan member, become a Dan member. We're not really sponsored by Dan or anything. No, but it's a good idea. It's a dive. We can pretend we're sponsored by Dan. They do a lot for the diving community. Yeah. And uh, and it's good insurance to have under your belt, that little sense of security that things will be taken care of should should the diving go awry. Hey, I've got mine. Have you ever had anything hey, go my... awry? <laughs> I've had a couple things go a wheat. Do you, do, you, uh, do you use that expression very often? Hopefully after today you will. I'm going to. I hope my, this podcast doesn't go awry. It's starting to. Yes, I know. <laughs> but I've got my current Dan membership card valid through August of 2019 right here in my member, fingers. Member since 2001, I think. But you know, you can join Dan at diversalertnetwork.com, Com, I believe. But dot .net, I think it is, actually. Dot org, actually. I think you can get to it no matter what you type. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, you know, they've got 24-hour emergency hotline, travel assistance, as well as their dive accident insurance. Very uh, wonderful medical information line. And that fantastic Alert Diver magazine that we uh, pull yeah. episodes from all the time. You know, so, I mean, you yeah, get, we reach into you the definitely old, get some uh, value out of diver. joining Dan. So I w- I w- And then the money goes to fantastic research. Yeah, they uh, definitely medical diving science they're very active in that arena and, and they do a great job at trying to get divers to be smarter in the water and think more and, and, and use the brains use the brains absolutely which is a, use your brian's more which is what we try to do here is help carry that belief that torch help carry that torch as well so dan is out there you know trying to help divers become smarter 
more conscientious and be more responsible divers, which is, I think, kind of what we try to do in our show. As much as we like to crack jokes and have fun and be a little wild, just like uh, your good old dive buddies at the end of the day. Yeah. Sitting around the old... Campfire. Campfire. The diving campfire. The diving campfire. If uh, you know, you're at the, the diving camping campfire? weekend at the, at the training location. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So Dan puts out these little educational pamphlets. If you go to any of the trade shows, you know, the DEMA shows, the Our World Underwater shows, you know, um, if, if you go to any of like the industry shows or consumer shows, the, you know, the, the LA show, the, the Boston show, and you go by the Dan booth, you'll, you'll see these things being passed up. And they're nice little educational, real simple, short to the point of some hot topic issues that face divers. It could be ear problems, avoiding ear problems, surface awareness, dive trouble as far as running out of air, things like that. This particular one I have is seven mistakes divers make and how to avoid them. Picking a bad dive buddy. Is that in there? Guess a couple more. Snorkels. Wearing too many snorkels. <laughs> Um, those those are not in there. They should have probably made this the nine mistakes divers make. Too flashy of a wetsuit. The ten. This should have been the top ten mistakes divers make. Yes. Okay. Oh, there's one. Okay. So None seven mistakes. mistakes. Seven mistakes divers These make. And how 15... to fifteen? <laughs> These seven mistakes. And if you're a regular listener to the Great Dive Podcast, which I know you are, because. You're tuning in on Friday like you should be. So these are right up our alley. Talk about this stuff all the time. And a couple of emails that we've recently received, in particular when we did the the cocky or confident, and we're talking about a couple of the, the out-of-shape guys, the overconfident Brad. Brad. Be, Big remember, brain on Brad. Remember uh, the, the overconfident guy at the bottom, stuck to the bottom of the pool? Oh, yeah. With 700 yeah, dives. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So we got a couple of emails about what we feel about where fitness levels should be. And, and I, 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 I responded. By saying, you know, hey, look, you know, look back at the stuff that we talked about when we did the, the, I think it was like the, the top ten improvements Dan wants to see that came out of that mm-hmm. uh, annual report, and then we went into detail with a couple of episodes about the old Dan annual report, the goddamn annual report. Thank yes. you for that clarification. Well, don't want anybody to get, in, you know, confused. But and number one starts right off with neglecting health and fitness. True. I mean, that could be with just life, period. Life, period. But, but you know, when you're says, breathing, yeah, when you're breathing at depth, when yeah, and the, those diet. partial pressures climb, and the partial pressure, that CO2. I hate when partial pressures climb. Going for a walk in the neighborhood requires a little bit of a different level of fitness than going for a walk in a cross-country kind of a well, it depends rolling, on the hilly. It definitely depends on the neighborhood, doesn't it? It Let's does. be real here okay. for a minute. Okay. Going to depth and increasing the density of the gases creates a big problem for somebody who's slightly out of shape that doing an activity, even though you're you're working harder on land, it's going to have an exponential effect underwater. on you underwater. Because of the pressure. C- because, because of the pressure. Because of the exactly. dense gas. You, if you're already on land, don't move gas efficiently. In other words, you don't get rid of your carbon dioxide efficiently. When you go to depth and it's the gas is denser, in other words, it doesn't exchange as quickly. It doesn't move as quickly through your airways, meaning your lungs and your, and your trachea and your mouth uh, and, and the regulator because it's thicker. The correct. gas gets denser. Which is, gets correct, which is why, you know, some, I mean, 
it's it's a pretty well received notion that smoking is bad. Right? People do it and they get away with it because they're in environments where it's not exacerbated like it is when you go scuba diving. Yeah. Exactly. Right. And now that dense gas, along with all the buildup that's in the lungs, gets in the way of a, of clean gas exchange. Yes. It impedes the CO two, and and that's what you should probably uh, outline to people, or at least uh, highlight to people, is CO two removal is the big thing. That that's what dictates your breathing rate. That's what's really what breathing is about is getting rid of your wastes because when those build up and the partial pressure increases, that gets that's when it gets dangerous physiologically. And, and mentally, it impedes your thinking too. Few people enjoy perfect health for their entire lives. Adopting a healthy lifestyle early in life can help postpone ailments associated with aging. I'll put that off till I'm older. I'm going to postpone dying for a couple of years. So the Dan pamphlet continues on saying that when health issues present... Present or present? When health issues present, it's important to discuss them with your healthcare provider. Pursue appropriate interventions and adopt modifications. With ongoing awareness of your personal health status and timely adjustments to maintain your health, diving can be a lifelong recreational activity. Prior to diving, you should take an honest assessment of whether you are medically fit to dive. Be vigilant for signs of acute illness like congestion and familiarize yourself with the risks and essential precautions associated with any chronic diseases. Word. Again, uh, again, because these little problems with your health, if you're going to go snow skiing, sure could make it a little bit more difficult, but not to the same effect of going to 100 feet, four atmospheres of depth where that gas density becomes four times as great. Yes. You don't have that effect if you're going to go do a little bit more of a strenuous hike. Right. Both both activities require you to exert yourself physically, but the ramifications or the consequences of, you know, passing out at 100 feet because you are aerobically unfit. Right. Much are, different than, yeah, you know, passing, uh, out, uh, on passing out on your, uh, you know... Ski slope. Yeah. Or, or like, getting really winded. Playing ping pong. Playing ping pong. Or you pick up a mountain bike because you want to go do an activity, and so you're, you're riding uh, the, the bicycle around, you start to get winded. You or can Bowling. You what can about stop bowling? and you can sit down on a you on can a sit down on chair the chair at the bowling near the alley bar and have and a have a, beer. have a burger and a beer and some French fries and, and and relax a little bit. You don't have that luxury hundred feet underwater. That's a you nice still, luxury to have. We don't have it yet, but TGDP is working on the underwater bar bowling alley. <laughs> the Dan pamphlet says acute illness that lasts more than a few days or leaves you feeling exhausted should prompt. A delay to diving. Don't dive when you're ill. Wait until you regain your normal strength and stamina. If you are not ready to exercise at your pre-illness level, you should postpone your dive. The best course of action is to consult with your physician if you're ever unsure of sure of your sureness. <laughs> if you uh, lack sureness of your surety, if you're unsure of your sureness. Chronic diseases may affect your fitness to dive risks even if you perform well in other activities. Right? Like what we were just saying. You know, having chronic diseases. Well, every I mean, if you have a long-term disease that you're aware of, and that's what chronic means, you know, it's, it's been there for a while. It's a slow onset or constantly something you, you've got to Constantly battle. present. Yeah, you're constantly right. pre- you, you should approach diving smartly. Check with your doc. You know, that's, that's good advice. I mean, Some health conditions, especially in advanced stages, may make the risks to you and your dive buddies 
unacceptably high. That's like another Alzheimer's. Effect. That's another effect that diving presents that going down the ski slope doesn't really. Right, riding the mountain bike through the trails doesn't really. So if Sonny Bono because would have you taken have, up diving because you have of a, skiing. He might still be here. No, no. My point is, it may affect your buddy as well, right? So, so if Sonny Bono was scuba diving with right, share or without with share, he might have share might not be with us either. Oh, I could only hope. I'm not a fan <laughs> of share. If anybody knows me, she's a little too full of herself. In my humble opinion, it's funny you bring up share. <laughs> um, I'm pretty sure it was you. <laughs> my wife and I were talking about it. she. She is. Uh, for some reason, she was in the news. Do you remember the movie A Star is Born? Actually, wait a minute. Because oh, they, here we he, go. they got a quote from Cher in here. Okay. In less advanced or more stable medical conditions, Cher said, <laughs> divers may continue safe <laughs> and enjoyable diving with proper guidance from their physician, medical controls, and wise choices. Wise choices. It always comes back to wise choices. Along with health was the fitness. And being a physically fit diver means that you have sufficient aerobic capacity cardiovascular health and physical strength to meet the demands of the diving environment can you fight a current perform a long surface swim help a buddy in an emergency all divers need to be physically able to perform these essential tasks fight a current you rock yo mick i gotta go fight this current (laughs) get in there kid Fight that current. The current, the current Mick. He just won't stop. He just yo, won't stop, Mick. Yo, Adrian, I got to get in there and fight this current. <laughs> okay, sorry. Blow your SMB, Mick. <laughs> blow the SMB. You're going to get out your SMB. You're going to blow it. Get in there. You remember Rocky? You remember when Rocky came out? <laughs> that was like the first uh, VHS movie I ever got. And I was I watched, watched it. Watched it. Oh times, my god! A hundred billion. If I times. watched it one, yo, it was incredible. Yo, Butkus, get over here. And then Mick. Mick was classic in that. Polly was pretty classic. Polly was do classic. A good Polly. Polly was classic. What? He was always like, "What?" <laughs> but um, hey, fitness levels a you know a, a commonly it's it's passed over. It's I think. commonly people, passed over because a lot of people that are that work. are up. Well, it's because a lot of the people that are up there teaching the class, aren't they fit. themselves are unfit. Do you, right? So uh, it's, it's hard to sit there and, and tell your students you got to be physically fit. Right. Go do the swim test. I'm going to sit here in the chair on the side of the pool and watch it. <laughs> exactly. Right. So as an instructor, hopefully more instructors are in the water with their students and leading by example and showing the need for physical fitness. Yeah, I don't think, and even you know, going out on a charter or you know, getting out there diving. I don't, you know, some people don't realize the ramifications of being so out of fit. The ramifications or the consequences on the whole boat, the whole charter, you know, and, the, oh. well, and I think uh, it takes his, it takes his one wind to kick up on a, on a calm. Day. Oh yeah. yeah and yeah, and yeah. a three foot chop to hit the boat. When you're getting banged around trying to climb back up a ladder, you're going to find out really fast where, where fitness comes in. And it's not a, so much a, a matter of because you you want to do a dive that's got a 100-yard shore entry that you got to swim out to. It's for when the little things that in a, in a regular dive never would be an issue, then all of a sudden the conditions change. Well, that's and it. And you got to fight against it. Well, you find out really quickly where your physical fitness level is. Yeah. And that's that's when you really need it badly. That's exactly right. And you're going into an environment you can't predict all the time. You can have a good idea of what you're going to get. But just like 
you know, I don't know how many times it's happened to you, but it's happened to me several times where you hit the water, it's nice and calm, you're coming up, things have changed topside. Oh, yeah. Uh, you know, especially you three-footers, yeah, five-footers. Especially footers. out in the, the Great Lakes when you can yes, get these that's what I'm storms about, moving yeah. through. Or you don't want to be the, have to cancel the, the dive because you can't handle a two-footer or a three-footer. Or those divers out there listening that, you know, we get a lot of folks like, I want to get into tech diving or I want to learn well, how to dive Well, that's twin. the other thing too, right? Oh. Is, is It's one thing being in a three-millimeter wetsuit. Yeah, with a single You know, bottle. a single tank, mm-hmm. uh, a real lightweight, you know, a uh, little sporty bcd sure you know a lot the, easier the, the, to climb the, up the weather that, the weather kicks ladder. up a little bit yeah, yeah yeah okay you can do it and that's why it's sport diving but a lot of these guys you know they see they see you wearing a set of doubles and they're like that looks cool i want to get some doubles too right? i want to they, extend my bottom time is what my, they think right and then but then they well, get out and i've had many dives right there that we could talk about yeah i've had many dives right you, you come up and you're trying to get on the boat like holy shit what uh what happened yeah. up here yeah. You know, all hell breaks loose on the surface. Yeah. Well, that's that's the thing. You just don't go slap those bottles together. Again, check out, have a true self-evaluation. Am I ready to be going into these twins? Because not every exit out of the water or entry into the water is going to be this piece of cake. Well, that's the thing. is people yeah. throw a set of doubles on, and where do they go? They go to the pool to check them out. Yeah. Or, or they go to the like the training quarry where you can easily walk right. into perfectly flat, calm water. Yeah, where it's and rough. walk right back out of three inches. Yeah, walk back out of you know flat calm water mm-hmm. yeah i got these doubles down pat no, but you then don't. you jump out and you're yeah. getting knocked around by four to six foot waves with a set of doubles whole different world exactly exactly and it, and that's where a, a break in physical fitness is going to be very apparent quickly oh yeah and you'll feel it you'll feel it if you're hauling those things around so dan gives us some tips to uh, help enhance your fitness for diving exercise eat right get good amount of rest listen to the great dive podcast all those those are the highlighted ones right at the top (laughs) and then they say while diving itself can be physically demanding it is not enough to maintain fitness overall divers must stay fit with additional activities outside of diving such as swimming laps strength training and flexibility and balance exercises key number one so get out there what about juggling Juggling is one of the best uh, hand-eye coordination, <laughs> balance, breathing control activities Juggling you while can get. on a unicycle, you're probably okay. To if die. you can juggle on a unicycle, you can just delete this episode. You, you <laughs> you're don't need to, to know go. anything. You're I good to go. We're, we're sending you out a free certification. <laughs> Regular physical activity, including aerobic activity and muscle strengthening activity, is essential to maintain physical fitness levels, right? Because that aerobic activity and muscle strength activities when you've built that into your exercise routine your body is learning to manage that co2 oh yeah the exchange of co2 goes well that's what aerobic exercise is all about right is yeah is, is, you... is getting rid of that carbon dioxide yes if and you're over acid. 40 and you do not exercise regularly consult your physician before you start exercising and anybody that's got any question about what we mean by that or what dan means by that go back and listen to the goddamn annual report episodes three-parter that we did and you'll see that the statistics of diving fatalities that occur there's an enormous spike when you've broken the 40 years of age mark there's yeah an enormous and then it spike spikes in, at 50 in accidents yeah, yeah that's and, what and, i mean right so yes, yes. you know the so as you as you age beyond 40 you know that physical fitness needs to be in better shape it needs to be yeah that level needs to be up there a little bit more review the physical activity guidelines published by the u.s department of health and human services and health.gov divers should dedicate time to fin swimming 
Fitness for swimming against a current includes fin swimming skills. Divers without these skills may not be able to create sufficient propulsion to overcome a strong current, even though they have high aerobic capacity for muscle work. And that's where a good propulsion technique comes in. And this is, you know, this is one of the best things you can teach your students is that frog kick, even in a high current. And people are like, oh, it doesn't work in a high current. Baloney, that's what we use cave diving. And you're not going to find too much current that's more than what you encounter cave diving in north central florida well let me even clarify for the listeners too that a frog kick a done bad, correctly uh, yeah, and a bad correctly. frog kick are two, are two different, things. different things right so you got to do the frog kick correctly you need somebody that can help guide you into really doing a clean frog kick the exact frog kick that you would do if you're swimming a breaststroke swimming laps is not the same frog right. kick is if you're scuba diving because there's a different mechanic to being part of your body out of the water when you're swimming versus mm-hmm. you know being on scuba Completely and having the gear submerged yeah, yeah it's it's different it's similar but it is different that and your trim and all the other and things all we talk of that about. works together yeah, yeah all of that works everything's together. uh meshed together so proper technique and trim and buoyancy propulsion technique that's extremely efficient versus one that's not efficient, like a flutter kick, is very inefficient. There's a, a way you can do a flutter kick that you may need to use, but overall, sometimes it's not you the need most that, efficient kick. Well, it's not the most efficient it, and by design. It's a, it's a power kick. Right, and it's, it's a, easy it's to learn, and that's kick. why it's out there. It's yeah, easy yeah. because most people already know it from swimming. But when, when you consider, you know, if you're tied up, on a mooring or anchor line or something from a boat, right? That boat is going to be spun around in the wind right. and in the waves. So when you come up to climb back up on the on the back of that boat, all of the force, all of the surface current is blowing away from your target, which is that ladder at the back mm-hmm. of the boat. So being able to maintain a power, forceful kick that you can move against that current is critical on some dives when that that occurs. Oh, yeah. And to be able to, to sustain a powerful, constant kick against a current for 30 seconds, I would... I would wager that there's a lot of divers out there that that's going to be extremely taxing on them, let mm-hmm. alone try to do it for a minute or two. Right. I'd agree. Well, and the reason I'd agree is two. we see it. We see it out there. This is what I'm watching is, you know, and that's why you need that line off the back of the boat and people hold on to it. Here's one that um, I think a lot of people take for granted. And they mention, and Dan mentions, at least six weeks prior to a dive trip, gradually increase the level of your physical activities. So you know you're doing that trip to wherever in the Caribbean yeah. or over into the Pacific. And I love that. Have place. you been diving for the last six months? The last months? time no. I was wherever in the Caribbean was back in, in 98, I think. Wherever is a little island just... <laughs> East of they Cozumel. used to have great packages there. <laughs> Join a local dive club for more specific training opportunities like the TGDP mm. Dive Crew. And uh, visit alertdiver.com forward slash dive fitness to find some fitness routines tailored for divers. So there's a, there's a bunch of uh, advice here you know, regarding this, th- these seven mistakes that are related to f- just your phys- fitness level. And I guess that's alluding to the, one of the biggest mistakes divers make is that they don't either realistically assess their own fitness level or they don't really believe you need to be fit or physically fit or in shape to scuba dive. And where does that come from, though? Where does that whole idea come from? It's because a lot of the instructors out there aren't being held to any kind of uh, standard of physical fitness in many of the agencies. 
not not well, all sure. of them. No, no, that's, but, that's true. But that's, uh, that's yeah. very true. They don't have to be assessed every year. They don't have to well, you get really some, pass a hard physical fitness test. You get some groups, you get some stores, you get some places that redo those swim standards. But yeah, I mean, a lot of shops are are having their instructional staff, you know, get together and re-practice rescue skills every season with the instructors and the Mm -hmm. dive masters. Do the swim requirements that uh, you had to do to get your instructor and get your dive Mm -hmm. master. Do them again. Just showing that, hey, we're having our students do this. Let's make sure that we can hold ourselves to the same standard. Nice. You know, that's a good thing. It's a good trend. And, and, and even though as, you, going, as yes. you age as an, as an instructor, you might not be able to pull the same time you did when you were 25 doing it. And now that you're 45 and 20 years teaching. But at least you're getting in the water. You're staying active. And you mm-hmm. can still do the swim, let alone comparing that to the to the guy who says, I, got, I was an instructor 10 years ago. Yeah. All right. And hasn't swam a lap since. And that, well, that's the thing you want to say right now, too, to the instructors. Teaching a bunch of scuba people basic open water does not keep you in shape. Absolutely not. Does not keep not. you fit whatsoever. No. Your goal in that basic class is to do as little work as possible. I don't know if that's yeah. my goal. Maybe that's your not goal. Not yours, but. I tried to do as much work as possible. Number two is neglecting proper gear maintenance. Diving equipment is life support equipment. Each time you dive, you are venturing into a fascinating but also unforgiving environment. Make sure you are diving with a set of properly functioning equipment. And they talk about, you know, rinse your gear after each dive, dry it completely, just maintain, you know, good good equipment awareness yourself. Yeah, if you own your gear, take care of it. Regularly monitor your equipment for signs of wear and pay particular attention to your regulator, they say. Have your gauges, you know, check for accuracy from time to time. Good advice. Good advice. That equipment, you know, that goes back to choosing good gear. Choose good equipment that's robust and and going to be able to take a little bit of a beating. And they also make mention of take an equipment maintenance course for more information on gear maintenance so that when you you hear a yes. Hissing go, you can. You either you know, don't you ignore can, it or you don't freak out. You're just like, right. okay, you can, this you could can, be one of several things. Yeah, you can yeah. slowly think through what the what the issue is. Absolutely. Number three is insufficient dive planning. One of the most important pre-dive steps is dive planning. Go is, in, go underwater. When you run out of air, come back. I know a that, lot that of would, people that, that would plan classify that, as a, not a good dive plan. <laughs> exactly. Before you even head out to a site, make sure to investigate the currents, the depths, the marine life, entry and exit points, surface techniques, boat traffic, environmental health concerns, etc. Check out what surface support you may need and what local laws and regulations may apply. And, and more of the traditional stuff that you're going to hear in every class. Oh, yeah. About, yeah, yeah. you know pre-dive planning but also they, they make mention review what you and your buddy would do if you were to become separated that's a big one exceed your planned dive or experience an out-of-air emergency yes th- those right, so are talking, all big ones yeah, yeah. talking before yeah. the dive hey if we're down there taking pictures on the on the 100 foot dive of the the really awesome sponge in the the frogfish down there and we get we lose track of time and what are we, we go do? into deco mm-hmm. are we gonna freak out and panic when our computer screen's flashing at us or are we gonna have an idea ahead of time right we, right. we run we, we, we get too low on air <laughs> what are we gonna do mm-hmm. freak out and panic and shoot to the surface as fast as possible or are we gonna put together a, Blow and a thought plan ahead of time but yeah all good stuff and i think you should emphasize as well when you're diving with a new dive buddy 
these things really have to, you know, when you dive with the regular, your regular dive buddy, a lot of times, many of those, uh, many of those little procedures you've gone over before and you, and it's pretty sure, much they ingrained. Become, they start you to don't become have to keep routine. going, this is what we're going to do. But when you have a new dive buddy, especially you, may, you have to look at their gear, see what they see, how they handle out of you gas. You especially have to review their gear and, and mm-hmm. understand what type of air sharing mm-hmm. device they happen to be using. The pamphlet says dive plans don't have to be complicated or inflexible, but they are essential to prevent and manage diving incidents. Good. Yeah, that's a good way to put it. Yeah, all, this is all good stuff. Yeah, you don't have to have it so detailed like it, there's no room to go outside of that plan. You run into something cool, you can't stay and look at it or whatnot. Now, again, seven mistakes divers make and how to avoid them. Number four on this list is lack of buoyancy control. Boom. It's a basic, but it is, I think it's at the root or the foundation of uh, many accidents, many fatalities, and many near misses. That's my humble opinion. The, the well, lack of, of buoyancy control, lack of uh, ability with propulsion technique, all those f- basic foundation skills, I think, are poorly taught in regular open water, and you're given a false sense of confidence. No doubt about it. And it's the bad buoyancy control, which leads to working too hard underwater, you know, working too hard underwater. Combined with poor physical fitness. Combined with the poor physical fitness is why we have the running out of air issue, right? Which is why we have the anxiety and the panic issue. And Mm -hmm. it all stems from an ability to not be in perfect control of yourself underwater when you need a second to stop and regroup your thoughts. Mm -hmm. If you're plummeting when that occurs or you're rising up when that occurs, the situation's not going to get better. I agree. Thousand percent. Those are again at the foundation of that accident pyramid. Poor basic skill set. It's not surprising that the most common injuries among divers are related to buoyancy issues. See, Dan agrees with you. Well, because that is where the danger lies. <laughs> Besides not being able to breathe water in, the biggest risk is is going to the surface too quick. A rapid reduction in pressure. Barrel trauma, uncontrolled descents. It's like you read this already. Well, but you didn't. Nah, I'm throwing at you cold this one. It's, like, it's like you're psychic. It's like you can see right through this sheet. Isn't that our MO? Marine, marine life injuries and more could be prevented with some practice and attention to detail. Inefficient buoyancy control can result in descending deeper than planned, altering the intended dive profile, and potentially increasing air consumption. Constant adjustments to your buoyancy control device can also affect air consumption. And if you're if you're on a dive and you're hitting and playing and doing stuff with your inflator on a regular basis, that should be a telltale sign of you don't have good buoyancy control. Mm-hmm. You don't you're missing something in your understanding or you're of what buoyancy control is. Yeah. Yeah. Or so you're it, which one of those things yeah. that you're misunderstanding is yeah. proper weighting. Right, because in reality, I mean, the buoyancy control device, when you go to depth, it's, it's carrying yeah, it's carrying the weight of all the gas that's still in your tank, mm-hmm. and it's adjusting for your wetsuit squeeze if you're wearing a wetsuit. It's not controlling your buoyancy. Mm-hmm. You and your comfort and your control and your breathing should be controlling your buoyancy, not that little gadget, lever, whatever type of BCD controlling device that they're going to try to build and market a lot you know through the years of inflating dumping controlling power dump power inflate gadget right really what controls it is you you the diver breathing the worst case scenario like brando just mentioned 
is an uncontrolled ascent, which places the diver at risk for a lung overexpansion injury. Ear injuries are commonly associated with ineffective buoyancy control. Most marine life injuries are because of poor buoyancy yeah, control. Slamming into a fire coral or slamming into a... Belly first uh, on top of a sea urchin. The old sea urchin in the belly. That's a bad one. I saw that in uh, in Cocos Island once years ago. A guy was taking pictures. He's got this nice uh, big old camera rig. And just Slam. as he's taking the picture, he's exhaling and he's focused on that viewfinder and belly first right, right on top almost perfectly centered around his belly button. Big old sea urchin. Blah, 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 had these, all these big purple stab marks right over his belly. Yo, Mick. And a big sunburst. It looked like a tattoo. Yo, Mick, I got a sea urchin in my belly. Get the sea urchin out of your belly and get back in the ring rock. You're gonna be a killing machine. The physics of descending and ascending require... This guy's gonna wipe up the floor with your rock. The physics of descending and ascending require conscious adjustment based on exposure, protection, dive environment, and choice of equipment. And they go on to say, like what we do, right? Buoyancy control begins with proper weighting. Proper weighting proves poor performance. Proper weighting improves poor performance. The benefits, Let's make up a nice little uh, saying about that. The benefits of buoyancy control. Proper weighting, kid. That's what it's all about. <laughs> The benefits of buoyancy control are definitely worth the investment of time, maintenance, and practice to enhance your diving and help you avoid injury. I would, I would agree. That's probably the biggest thing you can have, the biggest tool you can have under your belt to enjoy diving is you've got your buoyancy down. You're not flying up and down all over the place. That way you're not working. Yeah, and, and most, most beginning scuba instruction, they just don't have the time to teach that. And no. It's one of those things that should take the most time of the class, mm -hmm. but... In your typical routine of a class structure, there's so much to get done yes. skill-wise in a class. You got to check your boxes. That, you got so to check those boxes check. off that it's, it's more common practice to give somebody a general idea of this is how you put air in, this is how you let air out, go out there, get some experience so you get better at it. Mm -hmm. Hey, I got a little buoyancy class you know, next week yes. that you can work on it a little bit more. After that, you can go out and get some more experience on it. You're still having trouble. Well, there's this new BCD that's got a flappy inflator <laughs> auto controller on the side that it's, it's that, might, that might help you control yeah. it better. Rather than just taking the time right at the beginning, the very first thing is you learn to be part of the three-dimensional world. And then on top of that base of control and balance and maneuverability in the water, you start adding the skills. I'd agree. I would agree, too. Yo, Mick. This computerized BCD is not that great of a thing. You're number five, Number five, diving beyond your training. Never stop developing your diving abilities. There's always more to learn. How to dive new environments, how to refine your skills, or even how to use new types of equipment. No matter where your diving adventures take you, make sure you're equipped with the proper training. Yeah, I mean, you see this all the time. People throw twins together because they think all you have to do is throw the twins together. There's nothing else to them. You really should get equipment training, number one, and how they work, right? Because a lot of them, a lot of folks don't even understand what, how the manifold works, right. what they, it's for. What just, is it really for? Yeah. Right. They just figure I got more gas and I yeah. got more regulators. I got to be safer. Exactly. If uh, two regs are good, you know. Four would be even That's better. why I have a primary and an octo yeah. on all of my... Exactly. <laughs> I've got a backup uh, BCD inflator. On both of my, my backup posts. BCD inflator. 
Exactly. I mean, you can take it overboard and you can, you can try to think things, you can try to do it all yourself without any, any help. And you don't want to do that. Get the proper training. They mentioned in here, if you feel uncomfortable about a dive, it may be because you feel that you're not ready. Remember, dive your experience, not your C card. Good point. Yeah. Cause those cards aren't as, uh, accurately descriptive in, in where you should be diving right and we, we try you, to tell yes, that the a students, lot of times you're it's good to go in eh, this environment where we've taken you yes i exposed you to some deeper water here's your deep cart right now they're it gonna doesn't jump mean into... that you're a deep diver well really god bless it you're now, not a deep diver kid <laughs> now number six is another one of the seven mistakes that divers make in, in a hot button topic that we always talk about here running out of air Running out of air. Running out of air is the most common trigger for diving accidents. It seems like a no-brainer, but several factors can affect consumption rate. Be air aware. Monitor your air supply. How many divers out there would you say grab their pressure gauge to see how much air they have? And their first you know, response is, oh, shit, I really, yeah. it's that low already? Yeah. Well, th- th- that's because they're not used to checking it and getting a good idea of where they should be in, in any point of the dive. Here's the thing. I mean, have you ever seen a catastrophic air failure? In other words, you're swimming along, do 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 do, boom, you have no air. It, it just doesn't happen it, that way. It doesn't. And the out-of-air emergencies that you hear about that actually resulted in fatalities... Isn't because the bottom of the tank exploded off mid-dive and all the air was gone. Right. Nor... Is it often that they're even out of air? They have a perception of being out of air, and it goes back to some of those other problems, which is they're out of shape, they have poor buoyancy control, they're, they're wearing a BCD, they're, they're overweighted. CO2's building up. Yeah, overweighted with the BCD, fully inflated, crushing their chest, and they can't breathe. Now you see that I've seen that personally oh, with people in the quarry. Um, but yeah, running out of air in and of itself. It's hard to hit. I just have never seen a catastrophic boom, even with a free-flowing regulator. No, but you see the, the diver doing the opposite, which is attention. they're not paying attention that there's, they're going into a current. They're not paying attention right. that they're overweighted, so they're breathing heavier. Something's going on. They're, uh, they're overly focused on this new camera that they have, and mm-hmm. they're, they're chugging through the gas because they're pushing that beast of a camera system through the water, and their mm-hmm. exertion level has gone up. Next thing they know, you know, usually they get, you know, usually they go, they're down on depth for 20, 30 minutes before uh, they even start to get low on air. Today, 11 minutes in, they're starting to yes, uh, suck the bottom of the tank, or they didn't pay attention in the first place and check their gauge. Or the gauge is Oh, yeah, yeah. The gauge it's not even, yeah, they, you know, they, they, they jump in the water with the already low tank mm-hmm. that didn't get all the way topped off. Or they forgot to change tank. They thought the dive master Boom. was going to change yeah. tanks. And uh, the dive masters thought missed they were going to change their own or, or miss one. They jump in the water assuming they got 3,000 and they're still on the, the last 500 Very from good. the dive yeah. before. Happens mm-hmm. all the time. Mm-hmm. Which brings us to number seven, uh, which I would I would venture to say is the most important of these seven mistakes that divers make, which is not taking personal responsibility. (laughs) Each diver in the dive group shares equal responsibility for the conduct of the dive. When all divers understand and agree with that premise, the dive group can protect itself from individual and collective harm. I'd agree. And that's what it comes down to a lot of times is 
somebody else is setting up the gear for them or they've always had this buddy that took care of everything. They never right. really had to navigate when the buddy's compass goes out, you know, you, you've got to take over navving or the buddy has an issue that can't and they can't be the number one guy. I mean, and these are things that so Girl. many divers take for granted. Right. I, and I would say when I say so many, I mean like the overwhelming majority of divers look forward to doing that live aboard in the Philippines because mm-hmm. I don't even have to, t- I, got, I set my gear up once, I don't have to touch it the whole rest right. of the week. Oh, I love that resort. Yeah, you go down, the dive master knows right where to set my tank up every single time. I just slap it on and go. Don't even have to check to see if my valve's open. <laughs> they, I don't even have to check to see if it's 32%. They, they, they do it all for me. Yeah, this is one activity I, I, I look at that, that level of luxury where someone else takes care of all your stuff for you. I don't think that's a... a positive step forward in in the industry oh we take care of everything for you you just jump in the water and everything i i understand it on a on a customer service level and if uh, i was taking my wife you know snow skiing up in aspen for uh Mm -hmm. for a week having the ski master you know here you go here you go mrs mott your 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 skis are set right here for you all you gotta do is click your feet into them and i'm gonna Mm -hmm. hand you your poles and now you go slope down the hill and there's gonna be a uh you know, a hot toddy waiting for you at the bottom of the hill, ma'am. What's his okay. name? Okay. <laughs> this is Todd. He'll Todd. be wait. They call him Hot Toddy. <laughs> so I, I get that. I get on the customer service end of trying to attract customers to having the greatest dive yeah. vacations you could. Take away the work of it. Sure, but Perce- on the on the on the it. divers end, I would think that it would behoove all of us as instructors if we kept putting into our students' head of the personal responsibility. Mm-hmm. They're going to want to do everything for you. Don't let them do mm-hmm. everything for you because somewhere down the road, it's going to bite you in the ass. Yeah, if and if everybody, I mean, the system all worked together nicely, you'd set your crap up, they'd double check it because they're the dive master. There you go. Know your personal limits and take time to examine and evaluate your dive habits. Know something about yourself, people. You know, what, what are those idiosyncrasies that you have in the water that you don't even realize that you have? And that's where getting a good dive buddy in the water mm-hmm. with you that can provide you some good quality critical feedback on dives yeah. about your habits. Yeah. Don't take them personally as, oh, he's being an asshole because he said I've got crappy trim. You've got crappy trim. You've got crappy. Just Doesn't accept mean you're it a bad person. And fix it. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I accept just it to say it. that. Okay, what I'm about to say, and this is when I was teaching what I'm about to say does not reflect on you as a human being on this planet and Earth and your existence. You are not good in water. <laughs> You're just not good. You need to work on propulsion. You have bad buoyancy. Your awareness is way off. Let's go work on that. Let's go improve that. And here's how we can do it. And, you know, self-reflect. Right. That's what I want yeah. an instructor to do. Yeah. Right. I don't want an instructor to tell Catch me, you, "Oh, you're great." Smoke up your ass. Yeah. yeah. Oh, you're great. I got a next. I got another class next weekend. You can do. Well, so I don't want to hear people that. People think that's what they're paying for is uh, go tell me how good I look. Right. They yeah. are. Well, that's why I like the video camera, because you can see this is what I'm dealing with. Don't rely on the experience of other divers in the group. As a certified diver, you are expected to recognize when elements are outside of your level of training or comfort zone. It is your responsibility to acknowledge that and voice it. An accurate self-assessment. Accurate. That's the key. Not yeah, this, uh, and don't let I'm people peer go. pressure you oh. into going beyond your limitations. If, they if are, you're the if you're the limitation, you they should they bring should dive themselves to down yes. to you. You always dive to that 
safest level. Yeah. I don't like to say it's the lowest level. It's the safest level for everybody to go dive, have a well, good time. Well, because that, that brings us back. back to what we've talked about before is because then you're doing the trust me dive where you got right. somebody in the water who really doesn't know what how to take care it? of the rest. And sure, 999 times out of 1,000, it's never going to be an issue. He's just going to follow along and everybody's going to come up. But then somewhere down the road, that guy goes, "Oh, I did a couple of I did a couple of dives that deep before with yeah some other guys." Even if I'm even if you come back you. from the dive, though, James, yeah, isn't it a pain in the ass dive? It's usually something something comes up, something shows itself that one of these, you know, one or two or somebody, the team isn't all collectively ready for that dive, and then the dive doesn't become you know what it's supposed to be which is a, a great experience uh, a team working together what it becomes is one guy or two guys running the show and and making up for all the shit on the other end of the stick there right but everybody gets to log the dive at the end everybody logs the dive and the the problem with that too though is that now that low that guy who was really kind of the problem on the dive thinks they're good to go on those dives i'm with you, you know, i hear you false sense of security and and yeah confidence that shouldn't be there Always remember, anyone can call off a dive at any time. In other words, it's always okay to say no. That's, Very good. That goes from right, right at the beginning of an open water 101. You should be like, you're always able to say, nope, I don't feel like it. Yep. Nope, I don't want to go. Now, that, yeah. that doesn't mean thumb the dive. Thumb yeah. the dive, pee your wetsuit, yes. inflate your BCD, right. rock it to the surface <laughs> right. in a panic. Right. It means if you're uncomfortable in the water, Let's you can up. give the mm-hmm. thumbs up at any time. And everybody in the water with you should not see that as a, God Damn it, Colin and I, it's mm-hmm. a, something's wrong, which means all of us are compromised. Right. Let's go up and get it taken care of. Mm-hmm. Right. And if they want to go back down and do another dive after, let them go. Yeah. Right. But you can't have that peer pressure, is the biggest right, thing. Exactly. Right. Exactly. You can't have this idea like, we're, this dive must go no matter what. And especially as you move into tech diving and cave diving and whatnot, it becomes even more important or the consequences are much more severe when you go do a dive that you probably shouldn't do. And that's why if everything's not going well, you know, you just say, nope, we're not going to do it, no matter what it costs. And you, I mean, going to do a cave dive, not quite as costly as going to do like a trimix dive, unless you're doing a trimix cave dive. Right. But that mix and all, you put a lot of time in the planning. You put money into the gas mixing. You put a lot of money into training. And, and then, then there's a lot of Let alone the drive. Yes. And then the, the getting on the boat and the charter so, and the long, yes. you know, couple hours heading out to, to sea to get to the place. Exactly. And there's you huge can, pressure to make the dive happen. Right. You, you can see where somebody people. gets down yeah. the water, things aren't going well, mm-hmm. and they go, it, let's just continue on anyway. Right. I've gone this far. I've put so much time and effort and money into this. But you don't want that on your team. You don't. You don't want to be that guy, and you don't want that guy on your team. So you there is want... there is a lot of pressure. Yeah. It, it takes a lot to be able to have that intestinal fortitude to right. look your teammates in the eye and go, No, this isn't going to happen. We, we got to yeah. stop for a second, mm-hmm. and we got to rework this. Right. Or the, or just say, No, we're not going to dive. You know, That's the other side of it. So, Dive safety starts with you, is how they finish this little pamphlet i like that well, i really like the way it ended I yeah because ultimately isn't that isn't that what it's all about is you are responsible for your dive safety i think a lot of our criticism in against the industry is is that that is getting lost because people don't know what they don't know so they go in to get in a class and they think they just like we've said before they get this card they believe they're certified and good to go to a certain level or a certain type of dive and they're not really that open water card usually is not that. Most of those open water cards are a 30-foot reef diver card. 
Well, I would, I, there's no doubt about my agreement with that for yeah. sure. So honest self-assessment, you're responsible for it. Just keep in mind, especially in the new, the new divers, you don't know what you don't know. And you don't know a lot. You don't know a lot. You don't know right. really what you're encountering. Especially now with just one or two classes and 80 dives under your belt. Yes. That's not a lot. Of, a that's, lot of people are like, of I got 80 dives. That's not much. It's good. You're yeah. learning. Uh-huh. You're on the right track. But that's, No doubt about yeah. it. Um, and when you're... Now, if 70 of those 80 dives that you've logged were when you went to the liveaboard... And you set your gear up once, yeah. And they did it for the whole rest of the week. The rest of the twenty-four dives you did that week. Well, now you can cut that confidence level and mm-hmm. real understanding and knowing level down even more. I would say, mm-hmm. right? But it's a matter of getting in, doing the work over and over and over again. This is where a good a good instructor, a good class, it really pays off to take that versus. The, Getting smoke blown up your ass. I would ass, say a, like a good collecting an, an, cards, like an internship style class would be that, great, that requires yes. you to really spend the time and and mm-hmm. not but sign up for class on Friday. Yeah, that's what I mean. Honest, like, yes. not a you're signing up for class on Friday. You'll have your card, card to Monday. show off to everybody at work on Monday. Mm-hmm. Like something that's going to require you to really spend and evaluate yourself, your your ability, your buddies and your teammates' ability, mm-hmm. and come out <clears throat> with quality competence. And ability and confidence yeah, yeah. at the end. Yeah, no doubt about it, man. Well, great job, Dan. This is a fantastic little pamphlet. Um, I wish I could get like a box of these and pass them out to everybody at, at dive sites uh, everywhere we go. So if anybody, Dan's listening, send me a bunch. I'll pass these out for you guys because these things are, this is, a, this is great. It's a good flyer. Yeah, that that's all really good advice uh, to new divers especially, but to even even old experienced divers. Because you've been, you know, after you've been diving for a long time, you, you're just going diving now. And you, sometimes you don't give an honest assessment of yourself. But that'll cause you to, okay, where am I? Where am I physically fit level? Where's, where is that? Uh, where am I, Mick? Yo, Mick. Where, where am I in the Yo. ring? Where's Apollo? <laughs> <laughs> He's going to cream you. Okay, gang. Well, that was some fun stuff. Hey, thanks to, make- all the, thanks to all the new listeners out there. Uh, keep sharing the show with your friends. Post some more pictures on Facebook for us. Those of you who are uh, donating to the show on our PayPal or on Patreon, a huge, huge thank you now that we're at the beginning of the month again. Can't say enough how much we really appreciate you guys. Uh, it helps. Uh, help, help support the show. It's fantastic. Hey, y'all, let me, uh, let me sign your logbook. Here you go. Take personal responsibility. <laughs> Jamesy. Here, let me sign yours. Yo, James. Thanks for the dive, love, butt kiss. Go give her a kiss, butt kiss. Butt kiss likes you. Till next week. Adrian, can you do good Adrian? (laughs) Yo, Adrian. I can, I can. You're not gonna win! (laughs) (laughs) You can't win! You can't win! You do pretty good. That's pretty good. Pretty good, Adrian. I wish I could do all. Alright. Alright, see you later, guys. Send this safe diving. Both Norwiches. Both Norwiches. A Norwal and a bitch have a baby. (laughs) (laughs) They call it a Norwich.
They're very rare. People don't, you know, people who have not studied history don't probably know that that's how that t- town got its name. 